Welcome to the Fatherhood Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Pluff. Each week, we will cover various topics that dads struggle with in their fitness journey. I'll give you actionable steps that you can apply right away, not only to take back control of your own health, but so you're able to be a better example for your kids too. All right, welcome in to this week's episode of the Fatherhood Fitness Podcast. This week we have John Vlaho Yanakos. I think I think I said it correctly. Uh, I call him John V, but John is um, a fellow fitness coach. He is somebody I have learned from not only in the fitness and nutrition space, but also as a business mentor as well. Um, I had the opportunity to meet him a couple months ago, so that that was really cool. Um, but he he's going to be joining us today. Uh, he works. He works with parents. I'm going to let him uh, introduce himself, and then we'll get started. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, the name spot on. I know it takes a little <laughs> practice. I know that name is complicated as all hell, but uh, yeah, man. First, I just appreciate you having me on the podcast. You know, as someone who hosts his own podcast, it's nice to be on uh, as a guest on others. So, and uh, and it was awesome meeting you finally face to face and shake your hand uh, in Dallas in February. So that was awesome too. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um... Uh, our camera here, we can't really tell, but John's about a foot taller than me. So, uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a big, strong, muscular guy. And in person, he's even bigger. So, but, uh, glad, glad, glad to have you here. Um, so just tell us a little bit, kind of, kind of who you, um, kind of who you work with. Um, but I also kind of want to know kind of how you got started. Obviously, obviously you're a dad, uh, you're a parent. Um, but what kind of led you to kind of w- working with that specific population? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, when I first became a coach and a trainer, like I'd work with everybody, kind of just like like anybody. Um, mostly it was fat loss. I've had people come to me to build muscle because I'm a big dude and they, they figured I could help them as well. Uh, it wasn't until 2020 uh, when I joined uh, Online Trainer Academy Level 2 where one of the coaches was like, man, like you have a son. Why don't you lean into working with parents? And I'm like, that's kind of a good idea. You know, a lot of parents struggle with eating healthy, getting workouts in regularly, balancing family and fitness and all that stuff. So I was like, cool, like I can definitely do that. I mean, and it, it just worked out that in 2020, we ended up having our, our second son. Um, so then it was full blown, like, okay, I'm a dad of two now running yeah. a business and his own fitness journey. So it was like, you know what? I can I can do this. I struggled when, when uh, our firstborn was, when my wife was pregnant with our firstborn and then also like when he was a newborn. Mm-hmm the first three months it was a blur and just food filled right. weight gain, just struggled <laughs> with that. I figured I'm like, okay, well I got through that and I got in great shape after that. And I'm like, I can, do, I can help people do that too. Like yeah. if I've been through my own struggles multiple times in my journey over the last 20 years, almost now, um, dialing down and helping parents, I think is, uh, is exactly where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you when you first started, um, I know you said you kind of worked with everybody at first. Um, did you ever feel that you weren't qualified to help parents, uh, even though even though you were a dad, or was that is that something um, that never really crossed your mind? Uh, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever felt like unqualified to help parents, just because I know the principles of losing body fat are the same. It's mm-hmm. just how do we apply it to different people's lives. You know, before I had, before we had kids, I definitely didn't know what it was like to have them. So I, maybe I couldn't help to the, I can help to the best of my abilities, but I've never lived in their shoes. But also, I mean, as a coach, like I'm a man and 
more than half my roster are women. Mm. I've never birthed a child. I've right. never had a period, but I know that I can help them through education um, and just in talking with them and collaborating with them. Like communication yeah. is, is to me the most important part of coaching. So I never felt unqualified. Mm. I feel like I'm more than qualified now because half the things my clients express to me, their struggles. I'm like, I've lived it. When right. I, when, so if I can live it, I, can, I feel like I can help that, that little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Now when you, when you, uh, I know you said you kind of mentioned there, like when, you know, when, when your wife was pregnant and then obviously like when your son was born there, you know, um, there's kind of a transition period there. Um, and I, I know for me, like, like I, I just had, uh, my, my daughter was born in December. So I, I had three kids in less than four years and, uh, I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that, you know, feel back to normal. Like this is the new normal. Like it's never kind of goes back. Right. It never, it just, it just is what it is, right? It just, it, it's always busy. There's always something going on, but obviously like you can't use that as an excuse, right? You gotta, you gotta get back into a routine somehow, or if never were one before fight, finding something. So how, how do you kind of, what are some of the things you do? Um, obviously like, you know, if you're a single parent, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> you know, like that's, I think that's, you know, probably the toughest job in the world. Like being a parent is hard, but being a single parent is like, even if, you know, if the, my wife goes and does something one evening or something, you know, you're getting all three kids down to bed. It's like, how do you, how do you do this all day? Right. And then to do that full time. So obviously that's, that's another, that's all like having somebody support you, having a support team obviously is going to be helpful, but how do you kind of work uh, with your clients to kind of develop maybe some of these habits or really just kind of get started? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think is important for parents, especially if you're a new parent is to understand that life, this is, this is life now, Mm -hmm. right? There, there's no kind of going back to the way it was before because you have a mini human to take care of. right? Right. So that leads on a whole other, you know, list of responsibilities and you can't just do things that you want to do in the spur of the moment anymore. And I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about it, but, um, it is different. So like when, before we had kids, I could go to the gym six, seven days a week. If I want three hours a day, if I wanted, like I was still working for myself most of the time and I didn't have to take care of anyone else, but myself and, and my wife. So with kids, it's like, well, you have to kind of navigate what does life look like now? And to me, the best starting point is to figure out what are the lowest barrier options, right? I think a lot of times people, when they start a fitness journey or they're like, okay, I want to get in shape again, but life is different. Like you have a kid now, you you default to what you know and what you did before. But like I said, what you did before, you can't necessarily apply that anymore. So it's like right. taking a good hard look at what life looks like, doing some analysis, having that awareness of like, okay, I only have Maybe I have 45 minutes, two or three times a week to get a workout in. Maybe I have less time than that. And just working with what you have now to me is the best starting point, whether it comes down to meal prepping or not, whether it comes down to home workouts or going to the gym, you have to work with what you have now and not kind of like, oh, but I did this. Oh, but I used to do this because it doesn't really apply anymore, at least not in the beginning. Um, So I think just being okay with, we'll say starting at, we'll say starting at a lower point. Maybe, maybe a lower starting point of maybe you aren't doing as much intensity. You aren't going as frequently as you used to, but for new parents, something is always going to be better than nothing. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I tend to like to, I, I'm big on hitting a step goal, 
you know, if you if you can kind of get movement in each day, that that tends to be the easiest uh, way to kind of get started, right? Like I I love you know you, people you can say what you want about Fitbit, Apple Watches, I love it, I love seeing it, you know, it, it it's something that keeps me, um, you know, if if I know at the end of the day, like you know, I only have, I'm I'm half of my ideal where I kind of want to be, I know I got to get up and get moving. And I feel better overall, right? If I can kind of start my day with a walk and stuff. And obviously um, that's not always doable, but I think with starting something like a step goal, rather than jumping into like running, you know, you, you can do that around the house, right? You can, you can move around the house. And I think that tends to be um, probably a, a good first step. Now, when, when you're, uh, I've had some clients in the past who um, they feel almost, I don't want to say guilty, but maybe they do. Maybe they, um, but like from taking time away. So um, I, I, there's obviously like you're, you're wanting to work out. So you're better for your kids, right? You're better for your family. Uh, but I, I've had some clients in the past who won't, they, they won't work out on their own. They, they want their kids to join them in um, for every workout which I think is great, right? You're, you're modeling that. Um, but how, how do you, how do you kind of work with clients? Cause my, my big thing is, is like one doing it every once in a while, I think is a really great idea. What you're, you're, you're showing your kids that environment, you know, this is the expectation, you know, we're taking care of ourselves. Dad, mom needs to take care of themselves. But, um, how, how do you kind of get them to kind of shift that mindset that, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay to, you know, have something that isn't, you know, isn't for everybody else, that this is just for you. It's a tough one, man. And, and every family is different. Family dynamics could be different across the board. Um, I think you're right. I think having your kids see you work out or join you in a workout, again, it depends on the age of the kids as well. I think it's huge. I think it's very, very important. Something that I never had growing up. My, my parents didn't work out really. Um, they played sports here and there, but that was about it. Um, I do think, I do think, especially for moms, like they should have time to themselves. I would argue in, in the average family dynamic, mom does the bulk of the work around the house right. and, and taking care of the kids, especially if you have young kids or newborns. So the moms are always there with them all the time. A workout is a perfect time or even a walk. If you want to start with that is just by themselves, just so they have some time to think, <laughs> breathe, not be asked for a million and one things yeah. over and over again. Um, so I've definitely seen and lived through that sort of stuff. I think it's important to have that alone time so you can focus on yourself and focusing on yourself doesn't mean that you don't love your kids. It doesn't mean you don't care about your kids because when you can focus on yourself with these positive things, it's only going to positively impact your family and your kids, right? Well, I'm not saying to neglect them or don't cook healthy meals and focus on, you know, if you want to go out for six beers, go have six beers. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's, if there's positive things you want to incorporate in life, nothing wrong with, doing them for yourself first being that little bit selfish i do think one of the biggest problems and barriers for parents is they're not selfish enough because of the guilt because like oh well i'm not around enough or i don't, I don't want to leave them and some families the moms don't want to leave the kids with the dad maybe they don't have confidence in, in her in her husband in, in yeah, his yeah. you know abilities to take care of the kids again every family is going to be different so i i only will go within my scope i'm not going to tell them necessarily hey tell your husband do this or tell your wife do this right at the at the end of the day like have a conversation with them right i've, I've had a chat with a client recently where she she does all the housework she does the cooking she does the cleaning she takes care of her daughter 
her husband works long hours for sure. But I'm like, look, at, at some point, you're gonna have to have a chat with him about what you want to accomplish, because you're, you're unable to get the workouts in when you want to, you know, food hasn't been, you know, what you want to eat. So it's like, tough conversations are tough, but they're necessary. Um, so that's my long winded answer on that one. It, it's it's kind of up to each individual family. But I do think taking time for yourself is going to be key, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. That, that is a really difficult conversation to have with clients, you know, having them kind of change that, you know, the dynamic of their family. Like, you don't, you, you get to know, like, I think being being a coach is a really cool position because you get to know people in kind of a way that nobody else really does, right? Um, but having those conversations as from a coach to a client can be really hard. Having that conversation from a husband to a wife can be really hard too. So I, you know, I, I think you're right there. I, I've struggled with that. And I, I've talked about that on previous episodes before, so I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into that. Um, but in short, I, I know when, when, uh, my first son was born, when my, when my son was born, uh, I struggled, I struggled letting my wife, um, work out. Right. Um, I, I knew that I needed that time. Like, as, as he got older, um, I, I started kind of selfishly like working out, um, all the time, but I, but I kind of neglected, I kind of neglected, um, her workouts, kind of her alone time and things like that. Uh, I, I guess in my head, you know, kind of like you said, um, you know, the kids need mom, right. <laughs> you know, the, the kids need mom. And, um, and so, um, I, how, how do you, uh, how, how do you, and I, I guess if you're, comfortable speaking on it. Um, how, how do you, in, in your, uh, relationship, um, make sure that, you know, your wife is getting that time that she needs. That's a great question. It's looked different, uh, over the past three years. My wife has never really been a gym person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I often joke about, I, I didn't know how to coach her at all back, yeah. <laughs> back when we were younger. I've tried to coach her three times, let's say, uh, through our relationship. <laughs> the first two times were, or I just, I just completely, I didn't do, I didn't do a good job. Let's put it that way. Um, but ever since she got pregnant in 2020 with our second born, she kind of took the reins on things of like, she wanted to, you know, be healthier, feel, feel fitter. So she was working out consistently throughout the entire pregnancy, eating pretty solid. Uh, I mean, COVID it was, it was different, right? Cause we, uh, everyone was home all the time. So it was like, we, we didn't have a choice, but to kind of all work out together, which was nice. Now things are a little bit different where she's man, she has a full-time job. Um, she works odd hours, so I'm, I'm home most of the time, but we, uh, we work out together in the morning. That's something that she kind of said that she enjoys. She's like, I, I like having you down in the basement with me. It holds us both accountable to get our asses up super early and get the workout in while the kids are sleeping. I have a little home gym so we can get it done. So right now it's more, we're in a place where we're holding each other accountable to just to stay consistent and we're yeah. both up. It's like 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, get a quick uh-huh. 30, 45 minute workout in and kind of move on. Um, and then from there, it's just, with her, it's not It's not so much alone time for workouts. It's alone time just elsewhere. Like uh-huh. if she wants to go to the mall and just, cause she, she just, that's her happy place. Yeah. Cool, go, I got the kids, I'll take care of the kids. You know, last weekend she got her hair and nails done. She was out of the house for like six hours. Cool, like, I got it, I'll take care of the kids. Just things like that or vice versa. I'll take the kids out grocery shopping and leave her home and just to relax. So we try to balance off each other where we each need that alone time, not just for fitness, just for our own mental health. I think too. Yeah. I think if you guys have, have lived it too, like being around your family 24 seven with young kids, it's a lot. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. 
I love my I love my kids, but it's it's draining. So each parent having their alone time really does help. But for me, it was like I would go to hockey a couple times a week at night. Kids are asleep. My wife gets her alone time watching whatever show she likes that I I don't, and we're all good. Um, so yeah, I think I think it, having some alone time, whether it's for fitness specific things or not, is also another positive uh, something to implement as a family as well. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. That I I am definitely somebody who needs um, that alone time. And, um, I, I would say I, I haven't always been great at admitting that. <laughs> um, like I, obviously I work from home, my wife stays home with the kids. Um, and so you know, I, I see my kids all the time as much as I want, which is, I would not change that for anything. And, but there are times, you know, I, I just need to go for a walk or just go in the back room or something and <laughs> read a book for a little, you know what I mean? I think that, I think that's okay. I think, I, I, I think, um, I, I used to kind of have this mindset where, I was like, I, I felt like uh, maybe I didn't, for, by me saying that was saying I didn't want to be with them, didn't want to be around them. And like that, that's just not true. That's not true. And I, I think that's how, I think definitely moms for sure. Uh, but I think dads get into this too. I think moms might be more vocal with it. Um, but I think, I think dads kind of get that too, where, you know, maybe part of the reason why they're not working out is because, you know, they, they do feel guilty. They're gone at work all day long, right? They're, they're up in the morning. A lot of times they may be gone before their kids even wake up. You go to work all day, you come mm-hmm. home, you have dinner and stuff. Now you're adding another thing to take away from your family. And so I know like, obviously there's, you know, there's, there's ideals of how much like fitness, uh, how, how much strength training, all these things to get into your, um, your, your normal schedule. But, but for somebody who maybe might be in that situation, who, you know, is working an eight to five, a nine to five job, they're coming home, they're going to dinner. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, when do you like, obviously um, if you're not a morning person um, and you're a dad, then you need to be, no, I'm joking. But um, you know, yeah, for me, I, mean, I, I used to, I used to never be a morning person, but now like, I love it. I love those morning, those quiet, that quiet time in the morning is, is awesome. Um, but um for somebody who doesn't necessarily have like the luxury of controlling their own schedule. Um, and I know we, mm-hmm. we touched on it a little bit, kind of that easy, that kind of those, you know, the, the minimum barriers kind of getting in there. Um, what's something like, how, how do you even, where do you even begin to start adding strength training into that? I think it starts with the schedule a hundred percent. Like if, if someone works in eight to five, my first question is, is, would you be willing to get up early in the morning to get it done first or not? Right. And some people that's a, that's an, it's an absolute no. And I'm not going to tell them to force that because that's, that's going to suck for them. In my case, like I I have to do it first thing in the morning or it's not getting done because from 9am to to five, like my schedule is completely full of work. And that's where my brain always is after five, there's not a chance in hell I'm working out. It's just, (laughs) it's not happening. So for, for each individual is going to be different. Uh, I had a, I had a chat with a client yesterday who, he prefers to get it done early in the morning if he can, but you know, sometimes work calls him in earlier, he has other things to do. So he's like, well, sometimes I just have to get it in at night. So last night he, he, I'm like, text me when you get to the gym, like you get to the gym. It's in his basement too. Yeah. When you get it done. And he was like, okay. So I, I think I got a text from him at like five or six after work mm-hmm. that day. He was like, I'm, I'm getting it done. So I think it's always going to depend on the, on the individual, on their schedule, but it, it has to be a part of the schedule. That's, to me, uh, the more and more I do this, the more parents I work with, the more I live through my struggles too. Uh-huh. If it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Whether it's yeah. a 15-minute block, a 45-minute block, an hour, whatever it might be, 
it has to go on your calendar when you're planning out your week. Cause if it's not there, you'll forget. And it becomes the one thing that it just always ends up on the back burner when it comes to, when it comes to daily tasks, especially if you, if you add fitness in the mix, either logging food, cooking food, or working out kind of just goes away when, yeah. when life gets really busy, we forget, we don't plan for it. One of those three things or all of those three things kind of just goes to the window. So if you can put, even if you put meal prep on the calendar, put the workouts on the calendar. Uh, what I've done with some clients who have like schedules that aren't the same every week is I'll say, look, okay, this week, can you pick three times where you would love to get to the gym and then three backup times in case those first few times go haywire single mom. She works two jobs. You know, if, if, if your kid gets sick and they're in daycare, like you, you gotta pick them up. Like you don't have a choice anymore. Um, so I think starting with the schedule and, and kind of, I mean, if you have to work with your, with your spouse to do so, you know, when does it work best for us? For some couples, it's going to be weekends, mm-hmm. getting it done on the weekend when there is no work schedule most of the time. Um, and weekends, I mean, you're more likely to incorporate with them with the kids. If you have young enough kids that they're still napping, to me, that's the perfect time to get a workout in. But yep. again, it's going to be dependent on each individual family. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, you know, working out on the weekends, like you said there, um, we have we have a very negative connotation of kind of the weekend warrior, um, and but but I think you know for a lot of people you know that that's a great that's a great time to get your workouts in right it's like um, you're you're not working nine to five on those days so if you can get you know thirty forty five minutes maybe an hour you could probably get a longer workout in on the weekend so I I think that's a great place to start if you can get a workout in Saturday Sunday. And then maybe like a Wednesday, you know, that, I think that's a, that's a tremendous place to like, it doesn't have to look like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right. It doesn't, you know, I, I think we get very caught up in that. Like, obviously though, we're going to factor in like rest and all that, but it's like, if you're, if you're not doing anything, you know, adding in a Saturday and Sunday workout right now, that that's going to be, that's going to be huge. And yeah, I really, I really like what you said there, you know, putting, putting meal prep on the calendar too. Um, that's, you know, that's, that tends to be a big sticking point um, for a lot of people where, you know, that that's really hard to do. You know, you get home, you're not really sure, not really sure we can DoorDash, Uber Eats, all these things. Like, luckily for me, they've increased the fees like 300%. So it kind of deters me from doing, doing DoorDash very often anymore. But um, obviously, like, um, that that's going to be something that um, is always going to be something you need to consider, right? Meal prep, look, looking ahead at your meals and stuff. Um, how, how, how do you even like, what are, what are some tips you have on, you know, even, even starting with, I, for me, I know me personally, like if I cook something for like the entire week, days one, two, and three go pretty well by Thursday. I'm look. I'm I'm whipping out DoorDash real quick because I, I I'm tired of the same, you know. And so, what are what are some things you do uh, with meal prep? This is a great question. I'm glad you bring it up. I had a client ask me the exact same thing. She's just like, I have no idea where to even start. Like, how do I even do this thing? So for me, it again, it all starts with a conversation. So in in our house, again, I basically I cook everything because my wife's works till six, so she'll come mm-hmm. home and dinner will be ready. But on Sundays, you know, we have we have two or three whiteboards upstairs in the house. One of them is like the the monthly calendar for for each week of meals. One of them is the week like the week itself of like what events we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Other one is just like, I think is a scribble board the kids stole. But anyways, <laughs> um, usually once a week or, or last Sunday we did it for two weeks is like okay what what are we having? 
And the main thing of what are we having is, is dinners, right? Most yeah, people's yeah. breakfasts and lunches don't change too much. They don't need to change too much. Yeah. It depends on your work environment. It depends if you travel for work. So take all this with a grain of salt. But if you're like, okay, these are the dinners we're going to have this week. And then depending on what those dinners are, I would always start with just prepping the protein. To me, that is the most important part. Yeah. Prep more protein than you think you're going to have because that way you have more protein in the diet. If you have right. kids, obviously they need the protein too. If you are in a fat loss journey, you, you're going to need a bit more protein in your diet as well. Um, and, and one thing that my client brought up, I don't really do this because I'm very, I'm, I'm a meathead through and through. I'm pretty, I can eat the same shit all the time. But yeah. she's like, maybe I can, I can cook a batch of chicken, but I'll season two different batches in a way. So, mm. so that way there's different flavors for the chicken at least. It's not the yeah, same yeah. chicken. Which for me, I'm like, that's cool too. I'll season it the chicken the same, but for two days, I'll toss in a salad. For another two days, I'll pair it with potatoes or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I always start with the big, I think next week's actually going to be ground beef. So there'll be like taco bowls on the regular. So yeah. all that takes is a big batch of ground beef, big batch of rice, some vegetables. That's really it. Like, And, and that's dinner for me for three, four nights easily. And like you said, where people get hung up sometimes is like, okay, well, they get through three days. And then Thursday, they're like, well, I don't want to eat that anymore. So this is where having like a midweek mini prep can really make a difference because it's very easy for Thursdays. Like, I don't want to eat it. Uber Eats. Friday's like, ah, I, you know, I don't have anything ready. Let's order a pizza. The weekend comes. It's kind of like an all you can eat, do whatever we want type of situation. And then we're kind of back to square one on Monday. So if you did like a mini meal prep midweek, Wednesday, Thursday, you're setting yourself up for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at least until Sunday's meal prep rolls around again and then you can go at it again. And I think the, the one thing I want to preface with meal prep, because people have a negative connotation with that term. Yeah. It doesn't mean your meals have to be boring. It doesn't mean your meals have to suck. It doesn't mean like the, it has to be this bland, boring food. It, you can be whatever you want it to be. I've got clients cook casseroles and freeze them. If you're like me and just you're, you're cool with like meat and veg and potatoes or rice, do your thing. Like cook what you like. If you have the food ready, you're going to eat it. I think especially you know with the price of groceries right now, if you're cooking that protein, there's no way you're wasting that protein. So right. use that as motivation to cook, cook more of it as well. Yeah, I think you know I think find you know like you said finding finding those foods that you actually like, right? Like there there are tons of things that um, you could eat, um, but if you're not enjoying it, you're not gonna, you're not going to stick with it, right? Like if if, if you had a plate, like that that's one thing you you said you cook most of your meals. Um, when when I first got married, I or before I got married, I lived on my, my own and I had never like cooked before. Like I had cooked, but didn't have a ton of experience adding spices and flip. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's a, it's a game changer, right? You know, I, I never, I never understood, never understood. Like when my dad cooked a steak, why does it taste like this? When I cook a steak, like why am I throwing it in the trash halfway through? Like, right. It's like, it tasted so, so bad, but, but now, yeah, that learning to cook is, is an incredible skill. And, you know, and it's something that's always going to pay off, right. You're, you're cooking these meals. One, like we talked about with like DoorDash and things like that, you're going to save a ton of money first off. Um, but two, like you have so much more control over it, right. You have so much more control. You're, you're finding foods that you actually that you actually enjoy. And then like, like you said, with, with the breakfast and lunch, like typically those meals are going to be more under control, right? Dinner is usually the one meal. I know, I know for my family um, is the one meal that we all eat the same thing, right? Lunch. 
I'm kind of doing my own thing during the day. Um, if obviously if you're at work all day, you're kind of you're probably doing your own thing, right? Unless you're eating leftovers from the night before. Breakfast, I typically eat the same thing every single day. Um, I rotate maybe two or three things. Same thing with my lunches, right? And so I know like track, tracking, like you said, with, with kind of the meal prep there, you're tracking your food. It it can seem like a pain, but if you're typically eating the same thing, you only have to track it once, right? It's easy. Um, and that that's kind of how I always kind of structure meal planning is, you know, we, we can control as much as we can early on in the day, right? And then for dinner, you have a little bit more freedom and the the midweek meal prep i think is great um like i like i mean like i mentioned like i i don't like eating the same thing you know five five days in a row and so i know most people don't either but this is where i also uh one night a week one night a week uh we always order out um right now like i said i'm, I'm gonna go pick it up i'm gonna save myself 20 bucks but <laughs> um but that 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 keeps me i i know for me that helps me stay a little bit uh, more consistent because I, uh, I I enjoy I, I love restaurants I love going out to eat trying different things and everything and so I know if I have something to look forward to maybe that's like a Wednesday night Thursday night or something um, then Monday Wednesday Friday you know I'm kind of looking forward to that I, I'm trying I'm not necessarily trying to be better um, but I know it, it, it makes it a little easier to kind of kind of stay on track there you were you were kind of mentioning like on the weekends there you know if if you're eating the same thing Monday through Friday you go out to the Friday or Saturday Sunday you know you kind of get off track you're starting over every Monday how do you, how do you factor how do you factor because obviously like if that's something you like to do maybe that you know like you said maybe that's your social time maybe that's your you know maybe that's you know when mom and dad you know the kids are at grandma and grandpa's or something and you guys get to go out to eat and that that's something you look forward to every week so how how do you kind of navigate kind of restaurants and going out to eat and things like that I love it yeah um, again it's always going to be dependent on the individual but in the case so in the case I'll break it down to two categories maybe we'll say we'll say People with uh, like a heavy social life and let's say the married couple who just wants to have a date night, right? To me, it's very different. Uh If you have a date night once a week or once every other week, there's typically not much you need to do in terms of like prepping for a date night. It depends on where you go, obviously, if you're heavy drinkers or not, or if you're just going to get a nice meal or you're going to the movies. Like it really just, it really depends. My thing with the weekends, and this is where most people fall off or they, they, they mess up is they completely disregard their habits from the weekdays mm. on Saturday and Sunday, start your day off with a high protein breakfast. And that like that, if you can do that. And usually for me, like if Monday through Friday, I'm having like, like an egg scramble. Cause that's easiest for me yeah. Saturday and Sunday, because I know typically on average, like we'll have a higher calorie meal or if we're going out or if I have a date night or whatever, my Saturday, Sunday morning breakfast is more of like a massive protein shake type situation because I can just load up a ton of protein, fill myself up, and then I'm saving some calories for the evening. Now, this doesn't work for everybody. This can make it really, really difficult if you love to just, if you wake up hungry and you want to eat something. But for those that have a, a more of a heavy social life, let's say, for those that are tracking meticulously, I like to give them more of a calorie bump on the weekends mm-hmm. and, and maybe less, less of a calorie, a smaller calorie target during the week. So the weekly calorie average stays the same, but from Monday through Friday, they have a certain number and Saturday, Sunday, the number is a little bit higher. So there's flexibility there. That's what my coach is doing with me. It does make a bit of a difference, especially if you're, if you're trying to lose fat here, this is the thing. 
if if you don't care about your body composition, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you do. But if you're trying to maintain a body composition, lose body fat, you're going to have to control how many calories you're intaking week to week, right? Day to day matters, but week to week matters most, which is why I emphasize like people kind of unravel on the weekends and and it brings them back to square one on Monday. So if you can just do some proactive things to help yourself, you know, not go overboard every Saturday, Sunday, uh, it's going to be huge when it comes to restaurants. I always advise to look at the menu ahead of time and kind of just pick if it's not a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, pick the items before you go. That way you're not, you know, subject to convenience and what you feel in the moment. And, Oh, that looks good. And that looks good. And that smells good. And then you're overwhelmed with choices and you want everything. I've I've been there first meal that my wife and I had in Dallas. (laughs) I ordered so much food, man. It was, I was like, what the hell did I do? Because my (laughs) eyes were so much bigger than my stomach. Yeah. It was it was great, it tasted great, but it was like we had to bring back like two takeout boxes to that to the hotel. And I'm yeah. like, what? What was the point of that? That was the most expensive meal I never finished. <laughs> so take a look ahead of time, see what you what you're gonna get, and that way at least you have a rough idea of like, okay, well if I'm gonna have a burger and fries for dinner, I know that maybe I can I can watch the fat intake throughout the day and things like yeah. that. You get a rough idea of how many calories you're gonna be eating. If it's a special occasion, what I tell all my clients, any of them can tell you, like I don't care what you eat in the sense of like, you don't have to track a special occasion, holidays, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, just, just to enjoy the day and kind of move on. So that's kind of how I would pair that. Yeah. Yeah. No, kind of, you know, kind of like you said earlier, you know, having a plan like with your workouts, having a plan with your meals, looking at, looking at the menu ahead of time, I think, you know, to boil it down, just have a plan for everything, right? (laughs) Have a, you know, have a, uh, somebody, somebody told me, um, want, you know, everything you do have an intention, set an intention, right? Are are you, when you're having this meal, like, are you, is your, is your intention, you know, to make sure you stay within your calorie goal, right? Like you said, with the anniversary there, you know, your intention, my intention, if I'm going out for my anniversary is to enjoy it. Right. And so, um, what, one of my clients just told me the other day, he, he, he and his wife just had their anniversary. They went to a Brazilian steakhouse. I immediately wrote that down. <laughs> I've never been to a Brazilian state. And I was like, Oh my I, God, man. <laughs> so I started, good. I started looking up the closest one. The, uh, the closest one's like two hours, but I made a reservation. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like this, like I, I love hibachi steakhouses, like the, the Japanese steakhouses. Like, um, and so like when I go there, like it's like a, five plus course meal right like there's there's no way like i'm what I'm, th- this is a true story I, I had a guy i went to i went there for um i'm trying to remember the i was there with my wife but a guy sat next to me a guy sat next to me at the table you're you're with three or four other couples or whatever mm-hmm. and this guy sat next to me and he he was a pretty he was a pretty lean guy he was probably about my size pretty muscular guy but every single every single uh um what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here? Every, 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 yeah, every, everything they're bringing out there, every course they were bringing out, they had, you know, they had the rice, they had the vegetables, they had the meat, they had all that stuff out. He would portion it off a little bit. He would just take a couple bites of rice and he, and put it to the side and he barely Hmm. ate anything the entire, he he took everything in a to-go box home. Now I, I, I'm big, I'm big on like, like when I get Chipotle or something, I'm taking half of it and I'm putting it in a, container right away because i know that i probably don't need all that for one meal but for Mm -hmm. me if i'm if i'm going to a place like that like i I think if you're now if you're going to hibachi girl every single week that's probably a good idea right but if you're only going there you know once every few months if that Mm -hmm. 
I, I I'm all you know. Go enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, you're, you're you're go eat a little bit more than you normally do, right? If I if I leave the hibachi grill, if I if I leave the Japanese steakhouse and my stomach isn't a little bit full, right? Mm-hmm. I, I probably didn't enjoy it a little much. And so, no, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know this guy. I didn't know this guy, and so yeah, I didn't ask him what he was doing. But I just remember thinking to myself, and I was like, I never come here. I never, you know, I like, I, I want to, that's kind of like how I think about like Thanksgiving. I, I try and watch it. Like, you know, I, I give myself some parameters, right? I'm not eating five plates, right? But I'm going to eat a little bit more than mm-hmm. I say I'm not eating five plates, but you know, here and there, but, <laughs> uh, but I'm like, there, there are certain occasions where I think uh, we get so caught up in this, like we're trying to lose fat. We're trying to lose weight that we think we need to do it all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's where that's where people get um, I think that's where people get um, kind of back in that yo-yo, that yo-yo diet there where, you know, they're losing weight. Typically, when people start to try and lose weight, they do it very quickly. Right. They, they, they yeah. see progress right away and they maybe they cut their calories too low or, or they're just not as you know, they're they're just not wanting to do it for a while. And I think it's OK. But I think it's OK to go to maintenance for a little while. Right. And yeah. Um, um, I, I know, uh, I, I know you've kind of talked about this too, but like when, when you're, when you're, uh, setting your clients calories, mm-hmm. um, h- how do you kind of, how do you factor in? W- what is one thing you do? Um, cause for some people, like if you, you know, if you don't have, or maybe your kids are a little older or maybe sometimes even having a baby is even easier because they're not, you're not, you're not cooking for them. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you have more control over it, but for somebody who, doesn't necessarily have a ton of control, you know, they're, they're cooking for their family too. What is something you do to make sure like um, they're always in a calorie deficit without just cutting it too low? I know there's one approach where you can cut it a little lower because um, people typically are probably going to eat a little bit higher than, than yeah. that low. But what, 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 how, how do you kind of like, what do you factor in when you're setting somebody's calorie goals to make sure, you know, they stick with the program? How do you, how do you kind of make sure um, that they actually do lose the weight they want to? That's a great question. Um, so it depends on, if it, <laughs> I said, it depends on everything. It depends <laughs> on the person. So typically uh, I'll get two types of clients coming in. One where I can be a little bit more aggressive right off the hop and they're going to be okay with that because they've been overeating for so long that they need a kick in the ass, so to speak. And and then there's the other type of client where I want them to be able to eat as much food as they possibly can while still seeing results because they've, they've done the crash dieting thing. It really messed them up. So I need to work with them to help build their relationship with food. To me, that's one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, it comes down to, you know, average daily activity, you know, have they been working out coming into the program or not? What is their weight? Mm-hmm. The, the typical things we look for when setting when setting calories. I'll set a target, but I really only focus on calories and protein. First mm-hmm. of all, like yeah. that's to me, that's the most important. I don't have many clients really meticulously tracking carbs or fats yeah. or focusing on the numbers anyway, because when it comes down to it, calories are most important, protein second, and the other two fall where they need to fall typically right. speaking for your average individual. Um, but I don't, I don't make any tweaks unless I absolutely have to. I think that's, that's where my coaching might be different than some is like, I don't like to change things arbitrarily. If someone's seeing progress, why am I changing their numbers? Right. Why am I telling them to do things different? I had a client two years ago who was on the same target for 12 weeks straight and lost 25 pounds. And he felt great. And that's the thing for me is like, I want to, as long as they're feeling good, they have energy for the gym, they have energy for work. They're not grumpy as all hell. They're sleeping well. 
and they're seeing progress, that's that I'm good. That's the checklist. Because right. there's one thing about like, yeah, you lost a bunch of weight in, in, in a period of time. But if you feel like absolute shit the entire time, it's not going to be a good time. Like you're, right. you're going to completely rebound typically, right? You just want to eat your face off. Um, so that's that's typically where it starts. And I just wanted to briefly go back to what you talked about, like with holidays and, and date nights and enjoying yourself. Oh. I think the most important thing that people need to like lean into or, or maybe recognize is turnaround time. When someone has a meal that they feel like I overate, I can't believe I did that, that will spiral them negatively into just eating whatever they wanted for the next day or two and typically mm-hmm. till Monday again. If your turnaround time is short, which means your next meal, it's a high protein meal, it's a leaner meal, it's something that you control, you're going to you're gonna feel better mentally, you're going to feel better physically because you're not going to mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I just gave up on myself too. It's that negative shame spiral of like, oh my God, I had so much bad food say F it for the rest of the weekend chain. Think about that turnaround time. If you follow me on Instagram, Anthony, I'm, I'm sure you saw it when I went to my family's Easter. Like I, I logged the entire five course lunch. Right. And I went over my calorie target by at least 600, let's say for the day. Yeah. What did I make sure I did on Monday morning for my next meal? I was just right back to my normal Monday morning meal. Right. It wasn't like, Oh my God, I ate my face off yesterday uh let's just keep going it was like no that was that was one day it was a holiday for us i just ate enjoyed it and that meal is a meal i get so my grandmother's meals don't change too much so it's like three to four (laughs) times a year but like they're always feasts like i can't leave that place without feeling full because she'll get upset but it's one of those things like you said like if you're not going there often enjoy it just make sure the next meal the next decision you're not skipping a workout you're not ordering uber eats you're not completely derailing yourself it's like you know what I'm going to go to bed on time. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to eat the meal I, would, I normally eat, plan for it, and then usually back on track. So I just want I wanted to toss that in there too because I think that's huge for people too is that that negative shame spiral. No, and I, I think I think that's a huge mindset shift for a lot of people. Um, you know, kind of like like Saturday, you do really well. Maybe you go out to eat Saturday night, have a couple drinks, have a dessert. You went way over. So Sunday, you're like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to do. I'm just going to keep eating. And then you wait until Monday. And then by then you stand on the scale and you're like, oh my gosh. And you know, then, then now you're demotivated the entire week and one meal turned into a week's worth. Right. I like that. The turn, the turnaround time um, that I think, I, yeah, the quicker you can get kind of get back. Like, um, you know, that's why I, I, I try and plan kind of, like I said, with, with one, um, one meal each week, I try and go out to eat. Um, it, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me kind of staying consistent throughout the week. But that's one thing I, I try and help my clients do too. Uh, I call it the refeed day, uh, where, you, where we're eating a little bit more. Um, I, I don't like to call it a cheat day because you know, I, I don't feel like you're cheating on anything, right? You're just you're just eating. You're just eating food, right? You're eating more than you normally would. And so I uh, I call it the refeed day. I schedule at least one a week, sometimes two, um, where I'm eating at maintenance. If I'm doing two, I try and do both of them both those days at maintenance. If I'm only doing one, I'm probably going to go higher than maintenance um, for that day. Um, Cause when I go out to eat, like I'm not, I'm just ordering what I want to. Right. And I, I found that makes adherence um, pretty high. Cause you're doing that every single week. Right. And so you don't ever feel the need to just kind of binge on, you know, kind of an individual meal there. Um, you you said that with your clients there, you know, you kind of keep them. You you had a client. I had a client in the exact same situation uh, last uh, last fall. Uh, yeah, I, they're 
we kept their calories the exact same for 12 weeks. They lost 25 pounds, right? Uh, you know, they were they were obviously like when they were doing the program, they were moving a lot more. They were doing things they weren't normally doing. They were tracking their intake and stuff. And so they saw success right away. Now, most clients, when they, you know, when they come to me or when they come to you, it's probably not the first program they've ever done before. Right. And so like when you, when they, when they start in the program, you know, they're going to be a little bit more consistent. They have accountability and they're going to see results right away, but it's going to taper off. It, it starts to taper off. And th- this is where a lot of people I feel like get really frustrated um, because they may see, you know, that their weight doesn't move much for maybe like a month. Right. And this is where people get frustrated. They give up. Um, they stop tracking, they stop, you know, doing those things that got them there, even though they're not seeing the results, even though they're doing the right things, they're not seeing the results. Um, th- this can be a really frustrating time for people. So in those situations, um, how, how, do, how do you work with clients? Do you, do you lower their calories temporarily? Do you kind of continue just to keep, keep preaching, you know, follow the course, follow, you know, follow the process here, or what, what do you kind of work with in those individuals where, you know, they, they say they're doing, or they are doing the correct things, but they're not getting the benefits from it. It's, it's, it's tough because I don't, I like to assume the truth with everyone, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's almost like innocent until proven guilty in a way. Um, but one thing when, when anyone says that um, they're not seeing results or progress to me, it's like, okay, well, here's a, here's a checklist that we need to go through to confirm that, that is, this is actually the case. Right. If they're not weighing in daily and taking an average, then whatever the scale says is pretty much moot, right? Because mm-hmm. as you know, one scale weigh in means nothing in the right. grand scheme of things, because it could be, it could be a low for the week, it could be a high for the week. We wouldn't know because we have no data to reference it against, right. you know, have they tracked every single meal meticulously? I won't say, I'll never say a hundred percent, but you no, know, 90% have they yeah. been tracking everything? You know, have they missed any workouts? Is their step count? You know, how's their step count doing? Right. I, I don't like to, if, if we're wanting to make changes, sometimes I'll have to talk clients off the ledge in a way. I had a client reach out. He said, he's frustrated. Fair. I always listen. But he was like, oh, I, want, I feel like I'm not eating, you know, the calories I'm set at aren't for a deficit. They're not for losing yeah. weight. I'm like, okay. He's like, maybe I want to try intermittent fasting. Maybe I want to do this. I'm like, okay. So I, I pulled up his trainerized calendar and I'm like, okay, well, in a video feedback, I was like, look, this is the calories you had you set at. This is the calories you're actually eating at, right? So he was eating above his, his target three days a week by yeah. about 300 calories each, give or take. So I'm like, you know, we already had you in a, in a pretty stellar deficit in a, in a sense, but if you're eating over that, the weekly average becomes even less of a deficit, which right. will slow things down. Uh, I'm like, look, intermittent fasting is, is not magic. You know, you, we can work on it if you, if you feel like that's something you can do, but you know, here, you know, protein is going to be harder to get in. If you, if you get ravenous when you're, when you're done the fast, things like that, I'm like, or if you're up for it, cause I always, I, I don't want to tell them this is what we're doing without getting input because I want to make sure that they can do it. It's like, or here's something we can do. If you want to be more aggressive, we can definitely be more aggressive to a certain degree because I definitely don't want you under eating to to cause too much metabolic uh, downregulation. It's like we can drop the calorie target a little bit more and just push a little bit harder for that. And he was like, maybe I over, like in the message back, he's like, I think I overreacted and intermittent fasting lasted one day. You know, it it sucked. I didn't like it. He's like, maybe I'm just getting in my own head about it. So I'm like, that's totally fine, man. It's things like that where, you, if you've ever been frustrated in your own fitness journey, if your own business journey, 
sometimes you look at things, you're like, nothing's working. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that what we're, what you're feeling or what clients are feeling is, is wrong or invalid, but it's like, you got to zoom out and look at all the factors involved. Right. Is something else in life negatively impacting your mood? Do you have a bunch of family stress, work stress to make yeah. it feel like the fitness is not going well? You know, if you missed a workout and you feel bad about missing the workout and then that leads you to overeating. Okay. That's in the moment where you feel really bad, but that doesn't dictate or, or really show what you've done to this point. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is too, is like his expectations, right? I had someone upset. He wasn't upset. He was, he was not loving three pounds. He lost three pounds in a month. And I said, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, you haven't been 90% consistent yeah. and B, you know, rate of, rate of fat loss progress isn't as high as most people make it out to be. Right. It really, it really comes down to us as coaches have to help set expectations, manage them. I had a friend of a client message me say, I, you know, I lost seven pounds already this month. And I was like, Ooh, I'm like, I got to put my coach's hat on just for a second because like, just don't expect that to keep going. Like, I, yeah. I, I just want to make sure as a friend, I'm like, just please don't expect that rate of loss to keep going. Cause what happens, like you said, people lose weight quickly off the hop, but then as the weight loss kind of tapers off as it does, they get frustrated. They're like, well, why am I not losing as fast anymore? Yeah. They get frustrated. They give up. And it's kind of like they, they give up right before that, that moment of like, they're just going to keep going and it makes it super tough for long-term. So the long winded answer is, is basically just meeting them where they're at. Helping them with expectations is huge for sure. And just really like, are you actually stuck or are there other factors involved? Yeah. No, I, I, you know, man, managing expectations, I think is huge. Like we, we both talked about a client who lost 25 pounds in 12 weeks. That's not standard, right? Like Agreed. T 10, like if you can lose 10 to 12 pounds in 12 weeks, like that's fantastic. Like that, that's awesome. Like typically if somebody is, lo if somebody is losing, you know, 25 pounds in 12 weeks, they probably have a lot more weight to lose, right? Or there's somebody who went from doing nothing to doing a lot all at once. And so they're increasing, they're not only decreasing calories, but they're increasing move. And so you have a lot of factors there. And then if you kind of zoom out, I think these, sometimes these are the, the, the most challenging clients I've had because they see that, you know, 10 pounds in a month, you know, five pounds in a week or something. And then they expect that. Right. And so I think tailoring expectations um, is something that's uh, really important. Um, and then you, you mentioned there, like, um, kind of how you have all these other factors going on in life. Right. You um, I think a lot of times we like to look at our fitness and our nutrition in a vacuum. Right. Uh, I'm eating less. You know, I'm eating less. I'm moving more and I'm not seeing progress. But, you know, you just mentioned, you know, you got family stress going on. Um, you have all these other things. Maybe you're not sleeping well. If you got a newborn, you're waking up multiple times. There's all these other things like in an ideal world, you know, you're eating on a calorie deficit, you're strength training three times a week, you're hitting your step goal each day. Everything should go very smoothly. And unfortunately, you know, that that's not life, right? You know, as, as a parent, you know, like you never have two days in a row that are exactly the same, right? You, you just, every day is different. And I think there's a lot, a lot uh, of factors that um, maybe uh, we don't factor in. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, hi someone hired you as their coach, you know, you, you're going to do a great job of kind of tailoring those expectations. Um, what one thing I know, um, one thing I know that you do on your podcast is kind of at the end there, you kind of have like this golden nugget, right? This, this one, this one takeaway. And so I, I know you're, you're full of golden nuggets. And so um, what, what's a, what's um 
what's kind of what's kind of the biggest takeaway? Somebody who, um, you know, is trying to find trying to find to get in a routine. You know, they they their kids are getting a little bit older. They maybe maybe they have a little bit more time. Uh, haven't really been uh, strength training or doing anything for a while. There, what's what's your what's your big piece of advice for them to you know fi- find a way to kind of get started? Man, I should have I should have known this was coming. <laughs> I should have been more prepared, putting me on the spot. Um, I mean, my golden nuggets probably going to sound cliche as all hell, but it's it's literally been a phrase or a motto that I've kind of lived by for the past, especially like three years. Let's say, you know, twenty twenty really changed everything for I know for a oh. lot of people. But um, you have to show up. As like as like cliche as that sounds, and I know any parent listening to this is like, yeah, I do show up, but I'm like, actually show up for yourself though. Like take the time, get some workouts in walk, have water, you know, cook some cook meals for yourself. And when I say cook meals, I mean, families are different. Some families will cook different things for the kids than the, than the parents. I don't love that. So I don't do that. I think the kids should be eating kind of what we're eating to a point. I mean, allergies and everything else aside, but you know, if you're eating healthy, your kids are going to model the behavior. If you're constantly getting takeout, your kids are going to model the behavior. If you're on your phone all day or you're on your phone or watching TV all the time and not moving, the kids are going to model the behavior. Like, and I don't say these things to kind of like, I'm like looking down from a pedestal. Like I lived this stuff. Again, my parents were not active individuals. They were not healthy individuals. Well, I distinctly remember we had, you know, massive pizza feasts every Friday. We had pancake breakfast. We go to, if anyone knows what a golden griddle is, um, we go to golden griddle for pancake uh, buffet every weekend. Like we, we did play hockey as kids, but puberty catches up real quick. (laughs) So having, having, you know, parents who, you know, maybe jumped on fad diets here and there or really just didn't give a shit about their health was really eye opening as, as an adult looking back. And then when I had, now we have, I have my two boys. I'm like, I don't want them to go through what I went through. I I don't want them to face that stuff. Because being a teenager, or for me at least, it was it was hard. Being a young adult, it was it was tough. Like I feel like I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I feel like I look back and I'm like, fuck. Like there's so many things that I wish I could have, should have, woulda. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So as a, as a as a parent now, as a dad, like I'm like I can set a standard for my kids. I can be a role model. They want to look up to to me, and I want to model good behavior for them. So any parents who are like, you know what, I don't even know where to start. Keep it simple. If you're following Anthony, obviously he's a great starting point. If you haven't worked with him yet, he's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. If you're like, I'm not ready for a coach, just keep it simple. Water, protein, movement. I think if you start with those three, you really can't go wrong. But it, you need to show up every day in some way or another. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be extreme. It can be a 50% type of day, but it still has to be something. And that way that compound interest over time, you're going to create the healthy lifestyle for yourself and your family. No, that that that's awesome. You know, show show up for yourself. Um, you know, John, John acts like he wasn't prepared for that golden nugget, but he's got show up written on one of the twelve whiteboards in his house right now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, John, I, I appreciate appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, I think it's really cool when you actually get a meet. Uh, you know, some of your mentors, some of the, some of the people that you kind of looked up to, and so I really appreciate you you coming on coming on the uh the, the show um and kind of sharing uh some some of the insights of your coaching program i i know i um have learned a lot from you um and i know that the audience will as well um where where can we find you i know you mentioned you have a podcast uh, wh- where where can we find you on social media 
Yes, sir. So Strong John Fitness Podcast is the is the podcast that I host. It's available anywhere you listen to them. Uh, Strong John Fitness on Instagram and strongjohnfitness.com are probably the best three places to, to find me. Uh, there's no H in John because I, I get that a lot. Um, but that, that's it. And my DMs are open. If you have questions, things like that, I'm, I'm always here. Awesome. Awesome. I will, I will get all those links and I will, I will put those in the show notes. Um, Hold once again, they, they, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I will have to have you on again sometime. Perfect, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. That concludes this episode of the Fatherhood Fitness Podcast. Thank you for those of you who took time out of your busy schedules to listen. If you have any questions or comments or an idea for a topic for a future episode, please feel free to reach out and I'd love to hear from you.